Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, I'm hosting tonight, and I'm doing the show with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Happy almost not August anymore. (laughs) Thank God. (coughs) Indeed. Um, We are uh, just doing the show, the three of us, this week. Next week, uh, the show airing on September 2nd, we will have uh, 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 Caitlin Cepeda, who's the... um, Final candidate for Hampshire County Sheriff. Uh, very interested to have her on. Um, some some stories in the newspaper about uh, shenanigans with lawn signs and whatnot, uh, which may not wind up mattering at all, and maybe we won't wind up talking about that. But just it certainly brought uh, uh, kept kept that in my my thoughts today. But um, she'll be with us next week, and uh, the Tuesday. After that, that's the September sixth, the day after Labor Day. So I guess that's what ten days after this sh- after this episode you're listening to airs originally uh, on Tuesday, September sixth. That's when the primary vote is. So uh, if you want to pick out a Democratic candidate, uh, one of these three people running for county sheriff that we're interviewing would be the you know people to look at. Um, or, and there's other contested races, uh, including, uh, secretary of state, uh, state auditor and attorney general, and I think governor or is governor down to only one democratic candidate at this point? Uh, one, I think it's just Healy. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I'm going to go democratic side. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah. And I'm just going to say Steele and Doty on the Republican side for governor speaking and there's. Secretary Purely, of State candidates too. Yeah, was Speaking, it Rayla Campbell? Rayla Campbell is oh. for for the Republicans. Yeah. Speaking purely for yeah. myself, uh, and not for anyone else on this show or at the radio station or whatever. I was really impressed by Tanisha Sullivan when she was on our show, and I've looked into her more, and she's continued to impress me. So I'm I am voting for her. And I, if you if you care about my opinion and you find it, it a sufficient signpost to to follow, maybe you should too. But whatever. Um, You'll, we all get to to vote in those primaries in about 10 days on Tuesday, the 6th of September. And following that, two months later, there'll be the uh, prime, the actual election in November. So, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, for now, uh, if you want to get in touch with us and let us know who you think we should be endorsing or inviting on the show, uh, please let us know. Uh, uh, in, uh, sorry, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com, which is also our website where we've got recordings of previous episodes of the show and supplemental episodes. You can also hit us at Civil Politics FM on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio uh, if you're part of that whole thing. Anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> let's uh, there, like because we've had candidates on the last two weeks, we haven't really talked about any of the news and there's uh there's there's been a lot of news so uh, so much well let's let's have a look at um let's start with elections because there've been a number of primaries happening and um i'm particularly 
uh, uh, interested in uh, the election that happened in Kansas, uh, was it like two, three weeks ago now, where uh, the voters in that state, uh, by a solid majority, like 60 to 40, uh, in the primary election out there, uh, voted for... uh, uh, voted down a constitutional amendment that would basically allow the state to um, uh, the state government to uh, ban abortions, uh, but they instead voted to uphold the ruling of the Kansas Kansas State Supreme Court that abortion is guaranteed by uh, the Kansas State Constitution, and so that's the end of that. Um, it's interesting how yeah. abortion seems to be. You know, in the in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision and the mayhem and carnage it's calling seems to have seems to be resonating uh, in a number of races around the country. And uh, uh, I see like some some glimmers of hope, some 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 perking up of the ears and, you know, like less cast down (laughs) faces for, uh, you know, the, the 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 Democratic pack, because maybe possibly People will be so pissed off about that that they'll actually turn out in n- enough numbers for Democrats and vote against the Republicans, and maybe we won't lose one or you know lose part or all of Congress. And wouldn't that be nice? So, and I mean, yes, it would be nice, and I think that's what should happen. But yeah, you know, what's interesting about Kansas is they have a you have to vote in your party, and there were you know primary for Republicans and Democrats, right. and they all voted how however they voted. But because this issue was on the ballot. You didn't have to be in either party. You could vote on it. And there was 20 percent of the vote that went for, you know, the preventing the ban of abortion was not they didn't vote in um, for candidates. They they just turned out and just voted for that. Just voted for that. That's really wonderful. If you're there already, you might as well. I mean, come on. Well, it might be that, you know, they're like, I hate the Republicans and then, and they're, all they're the Democrats unenrolled. are running unopposed or something or or they're unenrolled they're and maybe un- it's not easy to enroll in Kansas because every state can do it differently. No. So apparently yeah, there was a huge um, upsurge in Democratic enrollments in um, in Kansas uh, running up to the election. That yeah, and that's been me. true. I think a, a lot of states right now, there's like you guys, your parties, forgive me, genre, the Democratic Party's been getting a lot of new registrants. Yeah, so seriously. we have to work harder with that, <laughs> you know, voter voter screening to keep people from voting. So anyway, sorry. Voter screening? But yeah. It, <laughs> you know, where you do a little wash of anybody who has a name that sounds like a felon. Oh. My party's mean, so famous for. You mean a, that sounds purging. like a black person. Yeah, or you know, uh, <laughs> or they might be dead. Who knows? You know, we're we're not sure, so we're just going to err on the side of disenfranchisement. Mm-hmm. That's just you know, yep. it's the only responsible course of action. So yep. yeah, our courts are not until proven guilty, but our voters are you're off unless you can prove it, right? Did you did you guys see the Wyoming race? You know, the 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 election denier beat Liz Cheney very handily by a huge uh, yeah. margin. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. like. Two to one, I think. Yeah, yeah, like, yep. Even with they, Democrats three to crossing one. over and voting for, her. yeah, that she she lost by the same margin she'd previously been winning by because you know she's Liz Cheney in Wyoming. But yeah, I guess people well, really a, like Trump out in Wyoming. It's well, she it's a, really weird. That's <laughs> like, oh man, Liz Cheney didn't win. I I don't. I hate that I feel this way. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know. You know 
she she didn't even go to her sister's wedding. You know, she's so anti-gay. I mean, it's it's you know we forget who she is. She's oh, but, I haven't forgotten. Up, yeah, she person. she stood up against Trump, but she had a great concession speech. So I just wanted to give you a quick quote from it, which I thought yeah, you guys would away. enjoy. I assume you didn't listen to it. I guess I have to you are correct. I, 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 <laughs> uh, Ms. Cheney, Rep- Congresswoman Cheney, um, is doing a good job on the January 6th committee and she's on the, the, on in that particular issue, she's on the side of the angels, you know, she's against armed insurrection and trying to overthrow the government and chaos and violence. Like, okay, good. But she's still like, you know, in favor of, uh, uh, you know, She's in favor of restrictions on abortion. She's in favor of limiting people's access to the ballot. She's against doing things to to help the the poor and the needy and the desperate. She's anti-immigrant. You know, she doesn't like gay people. Like on all of these other things that matter so much, she's terrible. But on, you know, she's like she she's aware that um she's part of the the ruling elite in this system. And so blowing up the system is bad for her. And so she's fighting to preserve the system. And the system is does have its problems. You know, there are serious flaws in how America operates. But, you know, it's probably better than rivers of blood running in the street and piles of corpses following, you know, bloody battles or whatever. So, you know, uh, uh, you know. Judging on that particular scale, yeah, she's on the right side on this one. So, yeah, so all of which is to say I didn't follow her speech at all. If you think there's something interesting, I'd love to hear it. So this is I'm quoting her exactly here. So just um, bear with me because I don't read well. So she said in her concession speech towards the end, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And I mean it. Meanwhile, in other news, Dick Cheney invited Donald Trump to go quail hunting with him. I made up the last sentence. So. <laughs> oh, Sue. Oh, Sue, you scamp. <laughs> I'm a terrible joke teller. You, the, the you, oh, you. <laughs> Did you believe it? Did you believe it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> they are treacherous. <laughs> but it, she really said the first sentence. She said she means it. So she's going to do whatever it takes. to. You know, to uh, if him. I were Dick Cheney, I actually would do that because I'd know Trump, even <laughs> Trump isn't that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he thought he could get something free. Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, we know that Liz Cheney does have a uh, an organization that is that is poised to um, basically run ads against Trump and try to keep keep Trump from running. Like a vote, voter education, basically. That's what she's. And, uh, and they have lots that of isn't money. the Lincoln Project. <laughs> um, no, 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 it's a different one. Uh, okay, some sort of a super PAC. Yeah, yeah, but it's a um, lot of people, including Democrats, have been sending her money. So, oh, that's dumb. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, good. I mean, our system absolutely. We need more dark money in our pol- politics and elections right now. That's oh, absolutely yeah. the way to go. Um, it depends on whose dark money it is, right? That's the that's no, the law of the jungle. It, it doesn't. <laughs> Actually, okay. no, I agree with you. There, sh- there yeah. should be no dark money, but I was just saying that that's how our system works. So she, um, she formed a pack uh, called the Great Task. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That is, she after a while, she immediately formed the 
the pack, the great task. So that is going to be her pack that is going to try to keep um, keep him from from doing stuff, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would have called it. The, I would have mm-hmm. called it the great fallacy, spelling it with a PH instead of an F. But that's OK. I think never mind that you shouldn't be a political advisor, Sue. I think <laughs> that might be an issue <laughs> going forward. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not the best idea. So, so speaking of, of, of the, the, the choices of words the candidates are making, I just want to mention that uh, I am totally fine with Beto O'Rourke uh, using a rather strong expletive against somebody who started laughing when he was, when Mr. O'Rourke was at a campaign event talking about, uh, you know, the, the murder of those children in Uvalde, Texas earlier this year. Oh, I heard that. That yeah. was great. His comeback was great. He, he's right. Yep. It's like, yeah, it isn't funny. It isn't funny at all. Yeah. So yep. I will not say the word obviously on air because <laughs> we, we, I we, will be we fear the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, the, I mean, the, the, the situation was very, um, like that made sense, uh, yeah. for him to do that. Um, and it, it absolutely felt like that didn't look at all rehearsed. That looked like, oh my God, like just, he, he blew his stack in that moment in, 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 yeah. in, in an appropriate way and it, like in, in the right way. And that was, yeah. So I was, I was in Beto's favor. Beto's never really pretty- been rehearsed. <laughs> I suppose honestly. not. That's not That's his point. strong suit. Yeah, um, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, he's, he's never doing really well in Texas, right? He's doing pretty well. I, I mean, all, all things I, guess, I mean, he's, he's we, within they, the margin of error, I think. So, right. So, I mean, at this point, that's that's, that's about as well as we can expect him to do in Texas. It'd be lovely if he could uh, actually win, but I mean, frankly, uh, I would. You know, in terms of just placing a bet, I would bet against him because it's Texas, you know, and he already, you know, he lost in a statewide race to Ted Cruz. So I don't know, but maybe, maybe Evald, maybe Evaldi and, and the, the Dobbs ruling and whatnot, and just how terrible the Republicans have been, maybe, you know, it'll push him over the top because he's head and shoulders uh, above uh, uh, Greg Abbott, Abbott as a candidate. Yeah. Well, so, do you remember, um, um, he's over, Ann he's Richards. up by 7% apparently, uh, our uh, Abbott's Oh, Abbott is over, over him by 7%, which is crazy. Honestly. Amazing. I, I, uh, I agree. It's, it's hard. Do you remember Ann Richards? Very funny Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Texas is, you know, there's some, there's a lot of different people in Texas. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of people there, all Absolutely. different kinds. And they don't always get to vote, so hopefully everybody who wants to vote will be able to vote in Texas, and we'll mm. see what happens. But that's another place where they purge, they purge people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually forgot to check to see what the uh, the results were out of New York uh, with their primaries. Though I did see that because um, because the young guy the, won his, the twenty five year old. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Who, I don't know who that is, so it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> uh, if he goes to Congress, he'll be the youngest. He'll be the youngest. He's going to be a Generation Zer. All right. Okay. Yeah. But Jerry Nadler uh, was in a showdown with uh, a, 
yeah, with another Mahoney. Com, yeah, Mahoney with another committee chair. Like because of the redistricting that was done, the the Democrats tried to do like a shamelessly partisan gerrymandered redistricting in New York uh, as an attempt to sort of counterbalance the shamelessly partisan, you know, rigged gerrymanders that uh, the Republicans have done in other states. Um, which is, I mean, it's absolutely wrong to do partisan gerrymanders. Um, but if, since the Supreme Court, uh, this this Supreme Court has ruled that uh, partisan gerrymanders for political aims are utterly fine, and if voters don't like it, they should vote something different. Um, you know, like since that's the that's the rules of the rules of the game, like the Democrats should do it as much as the Republicans do while they can, because you know they've got to compete. Um, and unfortunately, in New York, the state Supreme Court uh, looked at the uh, state, the New York state constitution and says it very clearly says we can't you can't do that kind of crap in New York. Like that that is against the way our, our state's supposed to be run. So they came up with a much fairer, you know, much less biased apportionment of seats. And uh, the Democratic legislature actually uh, obeyed it. And so. You know, you've got these things where like two uh, long term powerhouse incumbents in the House for the Democrats were basically running against each other. And so, you know, one of them had to lose. And, they, and so, I think it was Manhattan, right? It, Manhattan yeah, had yeah. been split into two yeah. districts or something. It's, it's been split. Uh, it's in several districts, but like it's all been been reapportioned. Um, whereas on the other hand, in a number of states, the Republicans have either you know like the the judiciary let them pass through their their partisan gerrymanders or in i think it's alabama uh maybe mississippi i can't remember but in one state uh the court has ruled like nope you can't do that that is completely wrong and the republicans are just like yeah but you can't make us so oh yeah. boy and oh so boy. they're just doing it even though it's 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 wrong they're just getting they're just using it anyway so that'll be great. just to just to round up this before we uh, move to the second to the second topic for this half hour uh yeah. the two special elections in new york uh house 19th um pat ryan uh, yeah. one the that he's, was the Democrat. He's the twenty-five year old. Yep. Right. Um, oh, so 20th. he he he's serving until the uh, January second of next year to finish out the term. Believe, yeah. yeah. Um, U.S. House twenty-third, uh, Joseph Sempolinsky, mm-hmm. uh, over the that was he is the Republican over the Democrat. So trade up there. The Robert Zimmerman, Dan Goldman, Sean Patrick Maloney, and Jared Nadler won all of their primaries. Mm. Uh, so there you go okay all right so yeah um but we were going to talk about uh another thing that happened over the past few weeks and that certainly you know is has electoral implications both this year and probably in two years uh the uh, fbi uh uh executed a search warrant at uh, mar-a-lago and seized uh, quite a number of of documents from uh, Donald Trump's basement there. 700, and, 700 yeah. pages of uh, yeah secret top some secret of which some of which uh, some of which are uh, not just top secret but also uh, uh, 
Yes. Well, secure. <laughs> yeah, what is it like? Uh, uh, compartmentalized. Uh, secure compartmented information. So yeah, stuff that you can only look at in certain uh, uh, secure facilities, and that if you aren't actually specifically read in on a need to know basis, then you're not allowed to look at it. So it's a big deal that Trump had this, and it's also worth noting that. Um, uh, it's also worth noting that um, the uh, federal statute, and I can't remember exactly what the detail was, but this is something that uh, Andrew on opening arguments pointed out. Uh, the, the actual re- applicable federal statutes don't say anything about whether or not this information is secret. It just says, you know, if it has, you know, even if he's actually, even if President Trump, when he was President Trump, declassified it, he's still not supposed to have it. It's still it belongs to the people. Yep. Right. It, it belongs, it belongs to, to the people. It's still not government. something he's supposed to be that's supposed to be stored outside of a government facility. So like the the violating secrecy is uh, is a big deal, but it's not the issue in question with uh, executing those search warrants, which, of course, were for, you know, because there was probable cause to believe that there were, you know, that crimes have been committed. So all of it looks really bad for Donald Trump. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll see how that's going to play out. Um, you know, and, and well, to, to sort of how it t- dovetails into talking about uh, elections, he's, you know, absolutely the current front runner uh, or the most likely choice to be the Republican presidential candidate in two years. But nobody's actually declared that I'm aware of. So no one's declared no yet. No, right, including him. But this might, uh, you know, increase the likelihood of him actually declaring his candidacy soon because, you know, the the possible shielding that it might give him from uh, prosecution or whatever, or certainly the ability to make more claims because he is. Uh, uh, a candidate for office. And I think also candidates for office can use campaign funds to pay legal bills. So, you know, that oh is boy. absolutely something he'll want to do. Yeah. Um, the Just uh, today or yesterday, um, Judge Reinhardt, uh, the, ju- the magistrate judge that's been presiding over this whole hullabaloo, uh, has ordered the unsealing of a redacted, of the redacted affidavit Oh, interesting. Um, for the Trump search. So they, it's going to be yeah, heavily to be redacted. The justice tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, the, today it was Thursday. I think, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was today. Uh, but uh, the, the Justice Department was very against this happening because um, yeah. they're worried that even a redacted document will um, mess up like any investigations that they're doing. Uh, but they will. So that is going to be happening. The. Uh, unsealing of the redacted document who who knows like how much is going to be redacted it's probably going to be incredibly redacted but it's it's worth noting that that is not normal procedure um if uh you know if if if, well well, here's the thing though if the government executes not give it to the mafia when the mafia is going to the government executes a search warrant on you you get a copy of the search warrant Mm-hmm. And you also get a copy of the receipt. Like this is all the evidence we we gathered. Took. But you, you right, whatever it is, this is what we've seized. 
you don't get um, a copy of the uh, the the affidavits, the the supporting evidence that indicated w- why they were able to get the warrant, right? Um, bef- you know, before they charged you. So, but they don't uh, want you to kill the witnesses. You know, you, know? you don't want to kill the witnesses. Well, there's several reasons. You know, Obviously, they don't want you to kill the witnesses. It's also possible. I mean, it's also just you know uh, they execute a search warrant. They take some stuff, they look at it, and then they realize, oh, no, this is all okay. You know, now that we've examined this evidence, everything is fine. There's no crime here. And they drop the matter. So, like, there's no need to release further information because the matter is closed. And that is an option. That's also, by the way, the reason we heard about this whole matter is because uh, Donald Trump made a point of uh, uh, squawking about it. Uh, and, and social media and and press releases and making a stink about it. Yeah, the FBI went to some some trouble to like make it low key so that people who were just happened to be observing the property wouldn't immediately be able to tell that a, a bunch of federal agents had swarmed in there and were executing a search warrant. You know, they were in plain clothes. And, and they it actually was a seizure warrant too. It was yes, search and absolutely. seizure. Well, they were seizing the documents. As far as I know, all search warrants are also seizure them. warrants because it's like, well, yeah, we went and we looked and we found this thing, but we left it right there. Okay, well, can you produce <laughs> it in evidence? No, strangely, it was gone when we went back for it later. We don't know why. I'm like, okay, well, then how do you know you? You know, whatever. So, all 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 search warrants involve seizing evidence, but yeah, well, um, seizing seizing evidence is different than getting your documents back. You're actually seizing something that belongs to you as a government. So there, there's a slight difference between when you're seizing evidence and you're basically getting the documents back that are, you You know, it's like if you got to go into somebody's house and get but, your stuff back because you no, don't the, live there anymore. Uh, 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 a, I'm pushing back here because there was a subpoena for the documents. That's getting the government's property back. That was what that was about. But the search warrant was actually executed specifically because we believe there are documents here and I, that a, crime, that a crime is being committed in having those documents. So we are going to gather them uh, because if we find them, they are evidence of a crime. I, so. I think it was both, but we can, you know, we, we don't need to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later, I guess. I mean, I, I, so. I guess, well, and, and also it has the, the same effect, so. You know, like I yeah. always say, we're not like law doctors over here. You know, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, the importance <laughs> of a seizure document is if they got their documents back and there was nothing else, that it would just gone away. That would have been it. But they, they, they did both. They, they both were searching for things and seizing things because there was an obstruction of, of, you know. And there's also a, um, a tr- not treason. What is there's something else in it? It's sedition. It's got obstruction of justice. Uh, Espionage? Uh, espionage. Yeah, yeah. there are and violations of the espionage. espionage Act. Yeah, just by taking it. doesn't yeah. matter if it's been declassified. That's part of the issue. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'd like to end so might... on okay, a... Well, yeah. I, I just, I, I just want to... <clears throat> so uh, all of this is to say that um, President, uh, former President Trump, uh, you know, made a point of blowing all this up. So... Uh, the releasing of even a redacted version of the uh, affidavit supporting the search warrant is extremely unusual and is a case of the judge in the case 
bending over backwards to deal with public outcry and the public's interest in the in this in the subject. Uh, the, it would the normal procedure would be to say, no, you don't get this yet. You get all this information, you know, you get full access to the affidavit and everything else once charges have actually been filed, but they haven't been. There's just an investigation. So that's it. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's wrong. I think they should. I think I think the judge shouldn't have done it. Either, this, whatever. Yeah, but it's they done. did. And and Johnny, you're saying that they they are going to release it because there was discussion oh, yeah. about whether it'd be still held up. So oh, that's good to know. I didn't hear that. So, Jama, how do you think we should end this this half of the show? There is a quote I'd like to read Please. by uh, former President Trump on a post uh, from today, from this morning, for, on Truth Social, his his fake Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to try to emphasize where he emphasized. Okay. Even though I'm, I am as innocent as a person can be, and despite my campaign being spied on by the radical left in the FISA court, being lied to and defrauded, all of the many hoaxes and scams that were illegally placed on me by very sick and demented people, and without even mentioning the many crimes of Joe and Hunter Biden, all revealed in great detail in the laptop from hell, it looks more and more like the fake news media is pushing hard for the sleaze to do something that should not be done. It hurt me to read that word for word, be- just the grammatical um, <laughs> inconsistencies. It was, it, yeah, it, it, but it's just like, he is freaking out uh, right now. <laughs> he is yeah, slipping yeah. out right now. That's what happens when he's scared as hell. And it's hilarious. There's 13 lawsuits right now that um, my favorite Steve Colbert did a really nice piece on. Can you guess which crime this is related to? And you, they were trying to get people to match up the crime with the <laughs> court case and which state it is. And yeah, 13 of them. But that's amazing, Jenna. That that yeah. was he is. I didn't I didn't out. see that. Yeah, some people yep. on Twitter like repost his posts on on Truth Social, with, and it's just comedic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we are gonna take a short break here at the halfway point of the show, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. 
And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm here with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And uh, yeah, we're trying to catch up on uh, big news that's happened over the past couple of weeks while we've uh, been interviewing uh, candidates for the Hampshire County Sheriff's Office. Just a reminder, the Democratic primary uh, is coming up in about 10 days on uh, September Tuesday, September 6th, the day after Labor Day. Um, early voting is uh, starting anytime now. You can also see about getting a, a ballot uh, you can mail in. Or you can just go out on election day and and vote then too. But uh, please do vote uh, in the Democratic primary for Hampshire County. Uh, the uh, three sheriff's candidates um, and the Democratic side will one of them will win, and there's nobody else running except those three. So that's basically going to be the whole shooting match there. Um, and it's also a chance to sort of see who's going to be the Democratic nominee for Attorney General and State Auditor and so forth. So. It's a, it's a big deal. It's coming up soon. So, uh, you know, please, uh, please do make sure to go out and vote. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, let's pivot a little bit, um, uh, and talk about, uh, well, the Biden administration's actually suddenly managed to get its act together, uh, in some, um, quietly effective and, you know, modestly impressive ways, you know, like Finally. I'm not, I'm not jumping for joy. It's like, you know, they haven't, uh, you know, they haven't, you know, managed to pass a law that outlaws poverty and actually will work or whatever, you know, but, um, uh, the inflation reduction act is actually going to make some positive differences, even though, uh, there are some real problems with the way it allocates, uh, federal leases for, you know, fossil fuel extraction and whatever. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's been accurately described as a devil's bargain, but there is some good stuff in there. And uh, more, if, if you know, right-thinking left-wingers can uh, manage to uh, hold together and seize more political power, we can take out the bad stuff and keep the good stuff and whatever. Um, though I, I gotta say the, um, I do think that, uh, the focus on, you know, electric cars on, per, on, you know, elect personal electric vehicles is I think kind of wrongheaded. I mean, obviously people are going to need cars, but not everybody needs cars. And I think if we think about how we want to change our society around to make it easier and more effective to have public transportation that is, you know, free for use at point of service and and just allows people to get around much more easily. I think that would be a really good idea um, and would wind up saving a lot of, you know, saving a lot of energy and we'd have to dig a lot less oil and coal and gas out of the ground. But we need but just public transportation everywhere. Just put billions of dollars into it. I Please. I don't disagree. I, I agree. I think that would be a good God. idea. I know there'll be, I know it, it, there are ways in which it w- will be difficult and problematic or, or will create new problems that we'll then have to solve. Uh, and it can be done in a way that turns out to be an absolute boondoggle for sure. But I, I think it's a good idea in principle. And I think there are some strong practical reasons to do it. Uh, I don't know what the uh, small business, small government, big, you know, pro-business Republican has to say about more public transport, <laughs> but. <laughs> I was being quiet. Yeah, I know. And I'm just, 
And maybe election, maybe you agree and maybe you, you never don't. mentioned yeah. you never mentioned the Republican ballot that's happening on September sixth. And well, but we why have don't holes you mention in our it? ballot. So go for it. Uh, well I I actually did early in the show, but I, I was just listening to you guys. This is your time to, you know, sort of tell all the stuff that Biden did. I think he saved it to right before the midterms. Very smart. Look Honestly, at what he's done in the last six months. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I, that's there, my tinfoil hat. I'm like, did they, did they save some of this stuff? To just well, yeah, unveil like in August so they maybe, can do a victory lap? Did they, could they maybe, have done this earlier? Maybe. Maybe executive order based on a law from 2003. You did it that we will talk oh, about yeah, later. The, but the student, the student loans, so he yeah. could have done well, that. Yeah, he could have done one. it a year ago. Yeah, he could have done it a year ago. And I, I suppose there's something to be said for, uh, you know, the whole, you know, oh, the Democrats are in disarray and Biden stinks or whatever. You know, let that build up, and then when you have a, a tide of things changing, it's like, oh, see. We, you know, that creates a new story, a new nice public narrative to sell, which is like, see, we we misjudged him. It's actually, ha ha, you know, mm. yeah. uh, uh, like those memes I've been seeing on Twitter now, dark Brandon, you know, like where like yeah. Joe Biden's got like glowing eyes and is a uh, some kind of devious <laughs> mastermind. And I'm like, no, no, he's not. But OK, you know, sure. So that makes you happy. <laughs> Whatever. Timing is everything in politics. Timing is everything in politics. I, That's you know, true, yeah. I think he saved a few things to really get a momentum going, and and he almost didn't pull it off. Yep. I mean, they, like you said, Schumer and and um, Mansion really snookered um, Mc, McConnell. So, so the infl and the the Inflation Reduction Act that has a lot of really great position uh, provisions. Uh, sure. Just and one of them is um, the White House is saying that it will reduce the effects, the monetary effects of of climate change by like one point nine trillion dollars hmm. over the next few decades. Um, That's a lot uh, by twenty fifteen. Forty percent reduction in carbon or something. Is that 40? is a forty percent reduction in carbon by twenty forty or twenty thirty five. Um, 2035 maybe yeah so uh between 24 and 23 yeah. so, which is not enough but is actually like more than we've done heretofore so exactly yeah um, biggest biggest amount of dollars i have to say i'm a conservationist as well as a conservative so yeah you know it's, so you're good with public good. transportation cool all right mm, well <laughs> i don't like public transportation excellent I, i'm glad that we agree in sue Infill. And we will have to not talk about it ever Infill. again. What? Ruin, ruin your property values. We'll build little houses in your backyard. So, so you don't have to what? travel. You just every, it, A lot of Republicans like the idea of infill. You make the urban areas even more urban. So you don't have to build the transportation. But that's an issue for another day. If you build you still urban have areas, to have, then you still have to have, have yeah. transportation. Yeah, you still do. I'm so confused well, about that. If you, yeah, if you if you if you build up and you and you fill infill all these people with you know half acres and all that, and then you have all the urban people in sort of downtown and they just walk to where they're going. It's you, a you know you're still you're still going to need public transport. You need like buses you know, even, and stuff. Even when one concentrates the, the populations in cities, which is a good idea ecologically speaking. It mm -hmm. that is. Absolutely, a great way to minimize the carbon energy okay. transportation footprint. But yeah, you know, you like even transport though, the food, then sure, sure. But 
uh, bulk cargo shipments are more carbon efficient than a lot of people driving around in individual vehicles. It's true. True that. Anyway, uh, the the Inflation Reduction Act also um, reduces, uh, like like Mike said, uh, promotes um, electric vehicles, which, you know, sure. Um, There's and- some good stuff <laughs> yeah, to that. I'm not I'm not utterly yeah. against electric vehicles. I'm just, you know, I don't think yeah, I don't think I'd it solves with- the. Go ahead, Sue. Sorry. I was just going to say I'm, I'm contrarian. I would go with hydrogen. I think electricity is. I think I think they're making a. Um, a mistake, but that's just, well, you know, hyd- I'm probably the only person in the world that feels that way. Well, no, hydrogen fuel cells are basically another kind of electric vehicle. I mean, people think of electric vehicles as the ones that just like, there's just a big battery. And that is a type of electric vehicle. But hydrogen fuel cells use the hydrogen fuel cell to generate electricity to run the electric motor to drive the car. So it's just another way to do it. And there are plenty of, of, uh, there, there are ways in which a hydrogen hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. There's definitely a an important part of our transportation network that can be filled by them. Uh, they are they're they're easily better for long more longer distance travel and 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 freight hauling and so forth. So you know, I'm, and the I'm, environment and the environment the batteries. Right, I, I I'm all in favor of uh, of actually following the science and the engineering to to make good decisions. <laughs> You know. <laughs> okay, so. so the the other the other than the uh, the environmental impacts, which are important, but uh, there are um, uh, really great things with healthcare. Um, mm, yes, especially the uh, certain medications are going to be negotiated by Medicare, which has never happened before. So that's really great. Uh, the anybody under Medicare won't have any uh, out of pocket costs over two thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're like people on Medicare, their prescription drugs will, will go down their, the cost that they have to, at least to, for uh, some drugs. Endure. Yeah. Um, this is Americans will continue to save an average of $800 per year, uh, on yeah. health insurance, clean energy. Um, I, I just want to say that's a great example of why the Biden administration is, it's good, but it's also frustrating because it's some medications. It should yeah. just be, you know, the government should allow Medicare to just negotiate on all medications and, you know, really leverage you know, it, the power of the government it, to reduce the cost of medica- all medications for everybody. And, you know, why didn't they do that? Because, you know, the, the well, because they didn't couldn't get the votes because there are plenty of people who uh, like they couldn't. They didn't want to. Well, they they, they the people who there were enough uh, Democrats who didn't want to because they have cozy relationships with pharmaceutical companies the same way Joe Manchin does with Exxon Mobil, and that well, sucks. But I mean, too, we got it's something. Too, it's better than was before. It's just you know, it's easy to see it, how it, they could have gone further and done done more good. But anyway, it is the camel in the nose in the tent. Fair yes. enough, you know, for uh-huh. the first time for Medicare. Uh-huh. But at the same yes. time, they could have just bought their drugs through the Veterans Administration because they already negotiate. Sure. And so they they could have just sort short-circuited it, but they didn't because yeah. they're negotiating with my party, right? <laughs> Basically, well, yeah. And, 
Well, and, well, because they're because there are fifty Republican votes in the Senate that are utterly opposed to any of this, and then it's a matter yep. of what they can get from the uh, from all the Democrats. And some of the Democrats have cozy relationships with you know various corporate interests or whatever you know. Um, and the VA has been negotiating for years, so go figure. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't even thought anyway. about that. You're 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 absolutely right, Sue. That's a really good point. There's also the. Yeah, um, uh, minimum tax on corporate profits at fifteen percent, mm. which is going to be really good to get more money out of the richest um, corporations in our country. Yep. Uh, and one but, of the things I but, really, really like is that they are adding like eighty more um, agents in the IRS. Mm. They are increasing the yep. amount of people working for the IRS, which has to. They have had to do that for years. I'm yeah. really, really we happy that they're doing that. Catch the ta- catch the ten, tax cheats. One in ten phone calls go uh, answered at the IRS. One exactly. in ten. That's horrible. Yeah. Back to I think last time genre on the minimum tax. I had the I had the size of the business wrong. I think you said it was a billion. Mm-hmm. Is it a is a it's a, a company any size of a billion that has to pay the minimum of fifteen? Because you corrected me last time when we were talking about it. So. I yeah, I good. will accept that I corrected you on something that I don't remember what it is, but yeah, uh, that makes sense either. that I corrected you I, on something. Yeah, so I, I am always it was fifteen right. billion, <laughs> but it was it was one billion in sales to have to pay fifteen percent, and, and a billion dollars in revenue pay. is still a crap load of money. So, yeah. so well, much money. Am- Amazon is going to be moving its headquarters any day. So, well, anyway. I mean, there is a global minimum tax rate anyway. Yeah. So yes, because Biden helped negotiate that when he first came in. Yeah, they they were doing that. Yeah, that was very interesting that they finally because Ireland has the lowest tax rate, I think. So a lot of people run yep. their products through Ireland. Yeah. A lot of not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's like minimum thirteen percent at this point. I'm not sure though. Is that what yeah, it that is? That sounds um, right. Yeah. So, so, but uh, anyway, the so minimum tax rate for um, corporate profits. There's going to be more IRS um, uh, employees, and so they'll be able to do more audits. Uh, and and they don't have AR. What did they? What did um, Grassley say? He called it an AR, an AK-15 <laughs> instead <laughs> of an AK-47. He said that or the an AR-15. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. AK-15, he called it. They, they're coming to your house with rifles to to collect money from all you small, you oh know, God, taxpayers. Grassley, Jesus and, Christ! Yeah, people couldn't believe it. He was like going on and on about how you know this is all going to fund audits on all you people. It's like yeah, that that uh, was a Republican line. Yeah, it was it was it's so amazing sometimes what it's comes sad. out of people's That's mouths. That's what it is, honestly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> Super, yeah, super but somebody sad. answer the phone at the IRS. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You can't get anybody. You can't yeah. get an opinion. You you can't you can't get right. anything out of the IRS right because, now. Because so, uh, honestly, never mind your check. Honestly, you know, like taxes are the price we pay to have a, a society that you know has a government that provides you know civil services and all kinds of useful functions. And, you know, like it's just it's the cost of doing business. So it's nice when the IRS actually functions properly. And in particular, when you're like, I genuinely don't know what to do and I would like to do this right. You know, if you could call and get help. And it used to be one could do that. So, yeah. So this well, is going to help a lot of people. True again. Yeah. So the other thing, the the other 
big accomplishment for the Biden administration, which you already alluded to, Sue, uh, is new this week. Yeah, well, is it chips that they're calling it the student the student loan forgiveness thingy? No, no, that's chips is the is the semiconductor money. Oh, the that's chips another bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was another yeah, thing. That, that, was, that is incredibly good too. Um, is it, it good? Yes, actually, okay. it is. Uh, the having having um, semiconductors and other components manufactured in the country reduces the amount of travel that they have to make, like from China and from other other countries. Hmm. So there wouldn't be like part of the reason why we're having some of some of our computer sor- shortages is because of the uh, back the backlog of shipping. So mm. having them made in the country means that we'll have more access to them if only like a small percentage. So, you know, like yeah. that means like a uh, government agencies w- would be able to replace computer components like easier or something like that, you know, some well, and, th- and, important and, stuff. And lower carbon footprints because we're not shipping things around the world. That's not exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and well, that also worry. means more jobs in America. And higher paying jobs because this is some of the some of this work is very technical. So uh, all around, like that's that is a very good thing that that they well, did. Chips uh, ahoy, well, then my, I guess. Oh my god, my 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 Jesus. paranoid thought, of course, because that's where I go is Taiwan, and what happens if China? Because it's all the really high end chips are made in Taiwan. We don't make any of them in a, in this country anymore. I and, think uh, if. I, I, we will I now. That, 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 well, I understand <laughs> yeah. the concern. I think, um, well, it, this is sort of going way off where we were talking about going. But my nutshell opinion is I just think in the end, China would have to be really, really foolish to uh, actually try and forcibly invade Taiwan. And I, I you know, like I was wrong about Putin invading uh, Ukraine. So I suppose I, uh, I could be wrong about the Chinese invading Taiwan. But I think it would be similarly uh, a, a similar overreach and i think we'd find out that there are real problems with the chinese military uh that aren't apparent on paper but yeah we'll see we'll see obviously well you know as as one of our foremost um uh philosophers uh, uh has said in the end it doesn't even matter Lincoln Park. So uh, going on, uh, we we only have a little bit of time, but we really we, need to talk about the, the, student the news this week. Plan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I we think, definitely need to talk about that. I think it's good. Great use yes. of three hundred billion dollars of taxpayer money. We should. So just so everybody knows, in case you didn't know, uh, President Biden is using the Heroes Act, uh, which is which was a law passed um, in in the wake of nine eleven, to direct the uh, Department of Education to forgive ten thousand dollars of student loans, uh, of federal student loans, um, for anybody that is making under one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, or any household that is making under two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And if you actually used Pell grants, then you would be able to cancel up to twenty thousand dollars, which is really, really great. It's yes. great. It's not perfect. Nope. Uh, be, but it's good. And I just want to say just in general that I've been pretty down on Biden and I and I stand by that. However, uh, <laughs> I think that um, from what for, for a centrist president, this is pretty good. 
I also like, I want the stuff he's been doing is pretty good. It would have been cool if he was doing this, you know, for the past two years. But hey, you know, that's just me. But, you know, I, I, I like to give credit where credit credits due. I also just want to point out that there's an additional part of this uh, of what they're doing. Uh, they're proposing a, a new rule uh, to create a new income driven repayment plan. So changing the way the terms of servicing for student loans. Uh, and I like I just want to hit the four points. This is from the studentaid.gov website. Um, the new rule would require borrowers to pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income on monthly undergraduate loans, which is half of what the current cap is. Um, so they, they get to save more of their discretionary income. Discretionary income or non-discretionary income, uh, which is protected from repayment, would be basically bumped up to uh, 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 225% of the federal poverty level, which is about $15 minimum wage for a single borrower. So that equivalent. Um, uh, loan balances of $12,000 or less would be forgiven after only 10 years instead of 20. And finally, uh, the the measure would cover borrowers' unpaid monthly interest so that, quote, unlike other existing income-driven repayment plans, no borrower's loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payments, even when that monthly payment is $0 because their income is low, end quote. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And that is one of the things I have noticed, like with friends of mine who do have student loans, is some of them are like, interest you know, accrues. because, right, the interest accrues and because of stuff that happened, like the amount of that they now owe, you know, like like a friend of mine who had to declare bankruptcy and couldn't make payments for years, you know, like the initial amount of her loans was like $50,000 and now she owes 75 because interest, you know, and it's like, that's, exactly. that's just crazy. This is good. They should, they should change the interest rate too. uh, um, Elizabeth yeah. Warren's been trying to get them to do that for years, but they didn't do that with this bill. Yeah. Set the interest rate. Yeah, I mean, there's anyway. a lot of things you could do with student debt relief. You could forgive more than just ten thousand dollars. You could uh, start imposing um, uh, limits on how much uh, colleges can can charge. Like at least those colleges that take federal money. Uh, you could. Yeah, I think that's the real, real problem right there. Is that yeah. college hasn't, hasn't? There's been no constraints yeah. on colleges yeah. exactly. of, of their own. I mean, there's no market constraints. But you know, a lot of people aren't going to college now, so that may, that may change it up a little bit. It might. I think that's. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a major uh, lack of students. Um, I, I like. I. I don't. I haven't seen the numbers, but I don't think that that there is enough people not going to college to actually make colleges like actually reconsider their billing practices you know because in this world it's still required that you have a piece of paper that proves you that proves to other people to their wants that you can think well yeah that's all that it is like if i have a communications degree then i'll i'll be able to get a job even if it doesn't have anything to do with the communications degree. It's just that I have the piece of paper that says I can think. Yeah. It's what sad. do you think about them changing the MCAS requirements? They just raised it 20% for you to get a high school oh, degree in this state, just in mass. It's the well, mass department of education just yes. did it. 
uh, yeah. they shouldn't have the MCAS at all. I think those, yeah, again, standardized tests, uh, I, as a, as a diagnostic tool to like help understand like what students need to learn and where they're, or they're struggling. I think they're great. Um, you know, like just as a general, yeah. like, like, you know, you just got to pass this big test in order to get your de- high school degree. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it actually accomplishes what we want it to accomplish. So I'm, I don't think it's. Yeah, a I think a lot Thank of people you, George you. W. Bush. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, but Republicans make things better, right? Yeah. Oh. Mass just did this to themselves. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. Well, yeah. a lot of the standardized test stuff started with the No Child Left Behind Act. Yeah. Um, that's when that's when standardized tests uh, became a major part of public public education. I remember when I was in school, we had standardized tests. You know, we had to fill in the the bubbles and everything. But that was more of like like Mike said, it was a diagnostic. To you. It was assessment. Yeah. To help you know help sort out what you needed. Exactly. Yeah, it's very strange that we that we're doing this and think that will change the level of education. I yeah. anyway. I, I agree. I hear the it's music. So, oh Sue, was there a last word you wanted to have about about that or student loans or whatever? Or are we? Uh... No, we're, we're. Oh, we're, I have one. We're... Sorry. <laughs> Make it quick. <laughs> uh, Jim Banks, Representative Jim Banks, uh, the uh, congressman um, from Indiana, I believe. Um, yes. He made it. He had a tweet today saying student loan forgiveness undermines one of our military's greatest recruitment tools at a time of dangerously low enlistments. Oh, interesting. So the, the military has a chance if college is too expensive. You know, you could go there and get your college paid for. You know, <laughs> I, I, disgusting. I, 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 would, I would hope that a, I would hope that a Republican politician would appreciate the power of markets to help sort out a labor issue. And the way to do this is simply just uh, to raise wages until you actually can hire the people you want. You know, uh, yeah, I'll make just the translate. army more attractive. Well, if we forgive student loan money, then the poors won't go fight our stupid wars anymore. What do we do? Oh, no. Uh, pay them more, and then they will. You know, mm. I don't know. Um, whatever. <laughs> or may- may- maybe stop fighting the wars. I don't know. <laughs> Supply and demand. And we know they're having trouble recruiting. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> why, a variety of reasons. So anyway, yeah. well, we're going to leave it there because uh, the music's playing. And uh, we got subculture coming up next uh, here on Valley Free Radio, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, a repeat broadcast of this show will be Monday afternoons at 4 p.m. And uh, early Monday morning, you can get a, a podcast version of this on any of the various podcast services. So... That'll do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.